This is Robert Plant, and you've been led astray by Chris T. Aerial View. Live. End Times. Talk Radio. Friday. 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Call 760-422-5528. The Town. NYC.com. You have a podcast? Oh, yeah, I invented them. Radio at its finest forever. Threat me again! I'm a bunch of punches right there!
you smile will make kiss for this one. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen of the radio audience. Very auspicious beginning. Sure, it's a talk show. You know, people phone in and make a beef. Oh, what about? Whatever happens to bug you, that's what you talk about. Sometimes he agrees with the caller, other times he sets him straight. Because you're bastard people. Why are they doing this? Why are they doing this? They said when you got here, the whole thing started. Who are you? What are you? Where did you come from? I think you're the cause of all this. I think you're evil. Evil! A man is unfit. He should not be the president. It's as simple as that. Well, it sounds so nice. They're doing it twice. The second impeachment of uh, Donald Trump is underway with uh, five days left in his presidency. Oh, friends. I like to think of you as friends, even though I'm sure I haven't met most of you. But you all have uh, met Keith Hartel. He's going to join us in just a few. Return visit to the program. Always good to have Keith here. With his particular insights into things and people and situations and stuff. But uh, first, we got a little bit of news to do. A little upside-down update, if you will, here on uh, Aerial View on thehoundnyc.com, where every Sunday, 3 p.m. Eastern, it's the Hound Howl. And if you haven't been to the houndnyc.com slash shop lately, new reduced prices on Hound T-shirts. And once these fuckers are gone, they're gone. So get your orders in. Limited edition Hound NYC t-shirts. Black and white and red all over. At thehoundnyc.com slash shop. Get them before they're gone. And then after uh, the Hound Howl on Sunday at 3 p.m. It's Mark and Miriam with the doo-wop chop shop of the year. Crashing der party. You got those doo-wops on vinyl? Hell, I bet they got doo-wops on shellac. Just saying. It's been an amazing week. You can go back a year and you could say that about every week and you'd be right. It's been an amazing week. Here on uh, January 15th, 2021, most of us uh, wondering what the hell is going to be different about this year because so far it kind of sucks the year. As we close in on uh, the date, January 20th, which represents a lot of things. Represents the inauguration of uh, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris. Represents a year since the first announced case of COVID-19 in the United States. And then uh, represents the departure of our cat, Violet, who... uh, 
I found myself with at the vet's just the day after the 21st, having to bid her farewell. Uh, we always joke around here that she knew what was coming and she wanted out. And it's been a year unlike any that I've lived through. And probably that you've lived through, I'm going to guess. And it's not done with us yet. You think it's 2021, it's still 2020. I think that's uh, what we can conclude. And it sucks. There is uh, reports of the new variant. And I have to do my Emily Latella joke. <laughs> new variant? I thought Plymouth was out of business. That's for all you Mopar fans out there. One for you! Oh! You got a Mopar joke in there. Oh! The new variant. Not as, uh, I mean, it's not more deadly than the regular variant. Um, but, uh, but, uh, it's more contagious, apparently. So, uh, that's a thing. And, uh, let's see. Are we on the air? Let's try this. Let's do that. And then do this. Having a... All right, we're back. Better than ever. Back and better than ever. <sighs> You're just going to have to hear it on the podcast. That's what it comes down to. You have to fix it. In the mix. The number here is uh, 760-422-5528-760-I call AV. And uh, as as I mentioned, we got an upside down update, and then we're going to talk to Keith Hartel. Let's first go to the news and uh, see if we can get some news going on. So first up is that uh, it's, it appears Biden, Joe Biden, has un unveiled his uh, plans for a coronavirus vaccine blitz. It's not as good as uh, the ballroom blitz, but it'll have to do. Let me ask Keith Hartel what he thinks. If he'd rather have a vaccine blitz or a ballroom blitz. Ballroom blitz. No doubt. The ballroom blitz. We have to bid farewell, by the way, to, uh, is it Tim Bogart who just passed on? Tim Bogart died yesterday, yeah, I guess, yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that, Tim. Was it COVID-related or was it old age or something else? No, uh, uh, cancer, I think. Oh, Jesus Christ. Fuck cancer. Yeah, no good. As, as I'm concerned. No All right, so you would rather do a ballroom blitz. Does that mean you're way down on the list for the COVID uh, vaccine? Uh, yeah, I'm not really, I mean... I'm not in a hurry to, to get vaccinated. All right. You let those other people get vaccinated first. Keep it saying. Well, it's just like, it, you know, it's just it just in this basic tradition of um, procrastinating about anything medical. Related. You know, not for any kind of political. I hear you. I want that shit as soon as I can get it. Yeah, good, good. Tired of living with this constant gripping, gnawing fear yeah, of so everybody and everything. Yeah. Sucks, you know? Who needs oh, yeah. it? Who wants it? No goddamn good. 
So, uh, yeah, the CDC, as long as the teletype sound effect is still playing, the CDC is saying this new variant is uh, could fuel huge spikes in COVID cases because it's just that much more contagious. See, it mutated, and the mutation usually means that it uh, it uh, it adapts. Anything that mutates and evolves, it means it's adapting to its environment. And in this case, it's like, fuck you. I'm going to keep infecting people because that's what I do. I'm the coronavirus. That's what I do. Screw you. And so uh, coronavirus is quite happy with its new mutation. Let's just put it that way. And I don't want to look at these maps anymore of the United States because it's all, there's not even any yellow anymore. It's just red and orange. It's just bright red and orange. That's all it is. Uh, how are you doing, Keith Hartel? When's the last time we spoke? A couple of two or three weeks ago, before the armed insurrection, I believe, right? Was it before the election? Uh, the the insurrection. Oh, oh, I don't. Well, I don't call it an insurrection. What do you call it? I call it the Capitol riots. But I am willing to meet you halfway and refer to it as an attempted coup. Uh, so where, why do you draw the line at calling it an armed insurrection? Well, here's why is because it, it's, what do the people think they're doing? If they're reading a tweet, like, so here's a tweet from a congressperson. It says, our election was hijacked. There is no question. Congress has a duty to hashtag protect our democracy and hashtag follow the facts. So, I mean, if people from Congress are tweeting that, the people that are acting in accord with that kind of, uh, you know, a, a thought, they don't think they're trying to overthrow the government. They think they're trying to save it. Okay, but in the definition of the word insurrection, is that even in there? I mean, it, does insurrection care? Is insurrection... Well, I, I mean, it's. I am always suspicious when I start to see that they're trying to make me use, use a new word because I noticed that it changed from coup to insurrection. And I feel like it's because... Coup, we got used to saying Trump was doing a coup and it was kind of like a joke. Like coup became kind of a joke word. So they start saying, no, say insurrection now. That's very serious. But I, I don't think this was that serious. That tweet I read, by the way, that was Nancy Pelosi in 2017. Oh, you did a little uh, sucker punch on me. You did. You pulled a fast one. It made me want to do yeah. a double take. You're like, what? Well, you know, um, should she? But, um Baseless claims. That was a baseless claim based on a conspiracy theory. Okay. Um, it made a bunch of people go crazy. They went crazy on um, believing in a crazy Russian conspiracy, and they became very cult-like. And um, and it, I blame the media and the politicians who made them crazy. Oh, hey, but I always do that. I hear you. I hear you. I want to just read the definition of insurrection. The first one I found, it could be crap, but it's apparently uh, from the Oxford dictionary a violent uprising against an authority or government so it's fairly agnostic the the fra- the word insurrection it doesn't imply certain things it's just basically a violent uprising against an authority or government so that was an insurrection technically but you know do you know about uh smedley butler and the attempted like a real attempted coup from 1934 do you know about that i do yes but I'll let See, that, you tell the story because I'm a really good get, uh, host. You're the guest. Yes. Oh well, that, that was real. Like the most the the uh, Prescott Bush, a Dupont family, the fucking Fords, they get the most decorated Marine to this day in all of history, 
they sit him down. They're like, okay, here's $200,000, which is the equivalent of $2 million now or whatever. And, uh, you know, you can get a million soldiers, retired veterans. We're going to overthrow the fucking government. That is real. That That's a coup. And then he had to get a guy to back him up to testify to stop it. And then he was mocked. He was laughed at. He was dismissed. And, um, well, the Bushes did fucking take over the country. And he, his thing never got verified until it became public domain in the last, I don't know, it was in the 21st century. But that's real. Like, that's, that's real shit. And the people that wanted to do it fucking succeeded. Yeah, eventually. Eventually, yeah. they succeeded. You're, you're right. That's, and, uh, that's a big deal to me. That's if you're it. looking for a book to read while quarantined, don't forget Smedley Butler's War is a Racket. Great reading, by the way. Uh, and uh, a very interesting story. He, uh, Wow, he was 58 when he died. My age. Crap. Oh, crap. Uh, he lived a hard life. He did. And he fought in a lot of wars, including the Banana Wars. Uh, I believe that's where the Banana Splits came out of, right? Didn't they meet during the Banana Wars and form that band? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I, yeah. I definitely read that. I believe that's... Uh, I'm going to go on record as saying that's what happened. Yeah, could, might as well. Could be. So uh, you think that just because this was sort of like uh, disorganized or unorganized that it doesn't rise to the level of an insurrection? Because ba- even though there are reports of different... Uh, military veterans there and and members of the military, maybe former military, maybe current military. We don't know. Even though they were using radios to communicate and they were using hand signals to communicate and they were coordinating in certain ways to do certain things, you don't see this as a terror, like an actual plot. What happened on January 6th? Um... Kinda. I don't know. I really don't know. It's here's what it sounds like to me. It sounds like to me exactly like the way Republicans were talking about Antifa over the summer when they were burning buildings down, which they were also allowed to do by the police. Which this also, I mean, would you agree that it seemed like the police suspiciously let these people in in the first place? I would agree. Yes. And so, what's that about? Like, what's that for? I mean, because also during the summer when they were beating the shit out of the peaceful protesters. They were letting the looters run. That was that was a story that was a recurring. They let them take over an entire whatever, however many block radius of Seattle. They let them take over Portland. Um, so it's it's. I just see it as the same. I see it as the same trend. Well, I this is interesting. Now uh, this is where I have to begin to part ways a bit with you because I feel like when you're comparing the U.S. Capitol to whatever buildings. In Seattle or Portland, we can be talking about there's not a there's not an equivalency. There's no equivalency there. The U.S. Um, Capitol yeah, building I, is, I mean, and especially when you have most of the government there, and the only person who's not there is the president. But you have the incoming vice president, the outgoing vice president, and all the members of Congress gathered there. It's kind of different than a building in Seattle or Portland, uh, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, but, yeah, but fuck those people. Well, you could say that, but the uh, the Capitol Police, and one of whom died, this guy from New Jersey, right, uh, Sicknick, uh, right. were there to defend those people. It wasn't the building so much. The Capitol Police keeps saying that we're not there to defend the building per se. We're there to defend the people in the building. We're supposed to keep well, them safe, right? But you know that they knew about it, and they could have had National Guard, and they didn't. Like, they, they knew about it in advance. Uh, that's that's been established. 
Well, it's been established, but we don't know why exactly they t- they didn't reach out to the National Guard. They didn't do yeah. what they did in June of uh, 2020 when the Black Lives Matters protests descended upon Washington, D.C. And remember, there's also the corollary that a lot of that shit was allowed to go on while they were beating peaceful protesters. They were letting them destroy things because it scares people. They want us to be scared. So if this scares you, you know, I mean, well, there's been work put into making you scared by it or about it. So um, I, I definitely don't have, I don't know, I, I, I have an immature attitude about the government. Like, I, I don't trust these people. I, I like them to be uncomfortable. I don't believe that the people, just because the insurrectionists aren't right, doesn't mean Congress doesn't deserve to be fucking terrified. Well, you could argue that. You could say that, and, and uh, hell, you just did. Uh, so, yeah, if that's if that's the goal is to terrify them, I think they certainly were terrified. Not all of them. I mean, there were Republicans who still decided to go with the big lie about how the election was stolen and there was fraud. What about that? Do you think there's anything to that? Are you going to now tell me that they're right about that as well, that there was massive fraud and that the no. election was stolen? No, and I'll, and, I'll tell and, you, I'll, I'll tell you exactly why too. Because you know, I like to fancy myself a looking at both sides the same way guy. And the reason I don't believe there's anything to that is very simple: is when it came down to it. Remember that lady, uh, Sydney Powell, was running around saying she had evidence. Yes, I remember. I remember <laughs> like it was yesterday. So did you hear about when? Um, so t- she was supposed to go like Tucker Carlson wanted to have her on. And he's like, okay, well, we just need to know what your evidence is. And and she was like, and she just flipped out. And Tucker Carlson went on his own show and was just like, look, we, we would love to see the evidence. Um, we would give this lady the whole hour to talk about evidence if they had anything. And um, when we said we just wanted her to bring any kind of evidence, uh, she flipped out. And that's, I just, I, I don't believe that if there was any real evidence that no one ever saw it. Like that's, you know what I mean? Like there's anecdotal shit that you heard, but which you would always imagine in any election, there's probably some sketchy things that happen. I mean, I personally know a mailman that has said that the handling of the um, ballots has not been impeccable. But um, but still, you know, I don't I don't believe that anything real that no one ever saw. I don't I, I don't they just never had any evidence that I saw. So. And it didn't it did go in and out of various courts and was laughed at of various courts. As well. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. They said so, they said essentially you got nothing. You got nothing actionable. You got yeah, no real it's, evidence. It's so much. If there's, if if there was, they would. Someone would be helping them. Like there are Republicans. There's people that would whatever whoever was trying to go along with it. Like say a guy like Lindsey Graham. Like Lindsey Graham would love if it was real, but it's not. You know, like so. That's just just the way I see it. It's like it's pretty simple. Like it. Doesn't... What do you What do you think the FBI is going to find in their investigation? And uh, I'll follow up with that question: With Are you going to believe what they find? No, you're not going to believe. So are you right at the right off the right off the mark, right out of the gate, you're not even going to believe with their findings of what happened on January sixth. Half kidding. No, I, I I would. It's like nine eleven now, but I mean, except not really serious like 9-11 was which some people try to act like it was like 9-11 but but in the sense that there's some kind of like level of inside job like if the fbi comes out and just says like oh 
some people that was should have taken care of this didn't. You know, like if, if, if heads really roll, that I would believe. But if I don't see any evidence that there was some kind of inside intentional, we let this shit happen to a certain degree, including if it got more out of control than they wanted it to get. Um, but you know, you know why it can't be an insurrection to me? And this is just an emotional thing. This is not a, a, a intellectual thing. That, did you see the picture of that man carrying out the podium? Yeah, the lectern. Yeah, he got uh, lect- Pelosi's right. lectern. Yes. The joy in that man's face. That guy is a, he was a good guy. You could just you could see it. He he was happy. He was just happy. He was just having fun. He was you know, the, the QAnon shaman. How how is it not how is it possible to not on some level just find that guy lovable? The guy with all the uh face paint on? <laughs> Jake, yeah, the QAnon Jake shaman. Jake Agnelli or yeah, yeah, yeah that guy. Okay. Uh yeah. they got the guy who what took the lectern and they returned the lectern, by the way. Yeah, the lectern yeah, is yeah. back. Uh, Adam Johnson. Johnson was the man pictured. Uh, they arrested him. What do you get for stealing a lectern? 17 years. Uh, they released him on $25,000 bail and the conditions that he not steal any more lecterns. No, he has to, <laughs> he has to surrender his passport, submit to substance abuse tests, and wear an electronic monitoring device. There's gonna be a lot of this. There's gonna this guy. There's gonna be a lot of this in the basement. He's gonna be like, "Mom, where's yeah, my yeah. mac and cheese?" There's gonna be a lot of that while he's under house arrest, or whatever. He can't leave the home. I guess they're gonna put an ankle bracelet on him. So you, what? What? I guess he can go back and forth to his job. Is about it. If yeah, he has well, a job. Um, if he doesn't get canceled from his job. Yeah. Well, a lot of these people are gonna end up more. <laughs> pissed off than they were before yeah. January 6th because now their lives are going to be fucked up, right? They're going to get fired. They're not going to be yeah. able to find employment. They're going to be thrown in jail. It's going it's, to, it's, I don't know. I, but, but, you know, still, I find it very hard to go along with those who say you're just make, you're going to make things worse. Like the ones who say, oh, don't impeach the president again. It's just going to make things worse. At some point, um, there has to be some accountability, worse, doesn't it? Doesn't there? Doesn't well, there? It, well, you know, look, look, basically, let's look at the way that the, the, the Trump's like, we're at, this is just the end of the Trump story. If the epilogue is impeachment, fine, whatever. Who cares? But Trump won. And here's how he won. Is they said he would never get the nomination. Then they said he would never win the election. Then they were saying he wouldn't make it to inauguration. Then they were saying that he wouldn't make it his first year. Then they were saying he wouldn't make it through his term. Then he made it all the way to the election. And then after that fucking insurrection, they were still trying to say they were going to try to throw him actually out of office when he had less than two weeks in office. And they can't do it. They never got to do it. And all they ever wanted to do was humiliate this guy and make him, you know, whatever, bend the knee. And they could never they can never get the satisfaction of knowing they got to him. And they want that so bad. So. You know, I mean, impeach him. Yeah, fine. I, you know, I don't. I don't think it makes anything worse. I don't. I don't think it really makes anything better. It's just like, it's theater. Um, it's very distracting. Um, but you know, who cares? The chance of it succeeding, uh, I think, it hinges on the word "peacefully." Interestingly enough, because when he gave his speech just after noon on January sixth, that long rambling speech, parts of it on the teleprompter. 
probably written by uh, Stephen Miller. He, he when he talked about them going to the Capitol, he used the word peacefully. And yeah, yeah, and yeah. I, I I have a feeling any case he mounts in defense is going to hinge on that word. He, yeah, his well, lawyer, whether it's Rudy Giuliani or not, is going to get up and say, well, he did say peacefully. I'll tell you, here's the biggest joke about the whole thing as far as I'm concerned, which is well, I'll just ask you, what do you see? At, what What's the biggest? Why is it the most important reason to impeach him? What's in your opinion? is the most important reason. Um, the most important reason to impeach him, in my estimation, is to keep him from running in 2024. That's excellent that you said that, because that is hilarious. Yeah. Because when they say this, they say, well, you know, I was watching The View today, or actually my wife was watching it, but I was there. And they were talking about, well, this says something about our democracy that this can happen, meaning this capital siege. Siege, I like that word. Um, siege. Siege. But let's think about it. Like, what are they trying to do? Is like, oh, okay. Um, well, they, for one thing, they're already talking about figuring out ways to make sure that the people never democratically decide to elect a maniac like Donald Trump again. And then what they're most scared of is that the actual democracy, as it stands, after Trump lost this election and fucking shit the bed in the pandemic, that he's going to roll it in four years and win? Look, that says it all, man. Like, that's that says it all. That indicts everyone and everything. How so? What does it say? What does it say besides he got 12 million more people to vote for him in 2020 than he did in 2016, and he's still wildly popular with a great swath of America? I mean, I, I'm not sure where you're going with that. What else does it say? It just well, it says like what? What are we giving them? What's what are we giving them as an alternative? In terms of a candidate? Yeah, or in terms of like you know policy? Like it's it's like mm. if you don't think anything that good can happen, like if you get used to this idea that whoever the president is, it's never going to be better for you personally, like in any kind of material sense, improve your life. Then it just is like it's lifestyle, and that's that's what all the social media is like. That's you know the cable news hate energy between the Fox and the MSNBC, like this whole pro wrestling, everyone at each other's throats, pro sports, rooting for your team. That's what you're going to end up with. If, if you're not really offering anything real, what you're going to get is they're just, it'll be a guy like Trump, like just like, well, if it's going to be just a TV show, uh, let's have it be someone worth watching on TV. I think they did get something from him. I, I think they got this feeling of like, I mean, I think the owning the lives was a big part of the satisfaction of having Donald Trump is president, like the ongoing, never ending uh, demonizing of the other side. The Democrats are here to destroy your life. The, all they want to do is bring socialism. They're going to make your kids uh, do a God knows what in school. But, you know, all that typical sort of uh, Republican bullshit on steroids that Donald Trump was good at, because you and I agree that Donald Trump really didn't. It's not that he necessarily was an innovation. He was just the stuff that we've been hearing for 40 years on steroids. He just he just supercharged it. And he made it, as you pointed out, like pro wrestling. It, it was uh, me against them, and only one side can win. You can't have compromise. I mean, the art of politics is the art of compromise. And, he, and so we could argue, and we might uh, in a subsequent show, whether or not he was a politician. He... He uh, 
ran on the basis of not being a politician. And, and I would say that his inability to compromise means that, yeah, he wasn't a politician. But he did give them something. They got value for their dollar, even if their lives didn't materially get better. I will agree with you. Their lives probably did not. And when I say they, I'm going to go with the non-college, that phrase that I can't fucking stand, non-college, as if it means something. Non-college white men. It's always non-college white men. And uh, apparently they're the reason that everything sucks. But their lives, okay, did not get materially better, except for... They got a guy in the White House who owned the libs and gave them value for their dollar in terms of pissing off the elites. Like it was all about as long as he's pissing off the elites, then he's my guy. Right. Am I right about that? Big time. Big Okay. All right. Bigly. You mean bigly. Like, you know what I love to see? I like to see Anderson Cooper get so enraged that he scornfully says how the protesters are going to the Olive Garden. Because that it, he's he's embarrassed. He's embarrassed for the country. He's disgusted. I love a guy like that being disgusted and embarrassed. You and, know, I heard that and, too, and I thought that's that's not cool that he said that. I mean, first of all, we could argue if the Olive Garden is shitty food. I've eaten at Olive Garden. Uh, it's not my first choice in Italian restaurants. But I recall uh, standing in in uh, Rockefeller Center area of Manhattan. Just left yeah. work, and a couple came up to me and asked me where the Olive Garden was. Yeah. And was yeah. I going to shrug my shoulders and go, who gives a shit about the Olive Garden? Why would you go to the Olive Garden? I was like, hey, maybe that's what they want to do, right? So I pointed them towards the Olive Garden, okay? Yeah. I, that, that kind of snobbery is yeah. is really counterproductive. Well, well, to me, what that's like is it's like when... The idea of if, if, if you get someone racist so mad that they say the racist thing out loud. Yeah. And with Cooper, it's like the, the fucking, you say, snobbery, you know, the elitism. Right. When his disgust becomes so overwhelming that he can't stop himself by you fucking disgusting. You eat at the Olive Garden, you animals, you filthy animals. <laughs> <laughs> you animals at the Olive Garden. You know, and so, you know, this is a, I think this is a kind of an enjoyable phase, winding down the... Well, you know, what are you gonna? Nothing. You know, what are you gonna miss the most about uh, Donald Trump? If there was anything you were gonna miss, in the like, he's got five days left to really uh, pull the levers of power. Uh, he's still gonna be around. It's not like he's going away. He may not have Twitter and these other megaphones. Is there any anything you're gonna miss? You know, it it really is. Look, it's just, it, it's it's the tweet. It's the shit that he said. Like every once in a while, there'll be every once in a while he would say something. I, I what I would most miss is is, is I, I hope I can come up with good examples of it, which I might not be able to. But like, so when he said shit that was what he meant, that was fucked up to say. That's what I would most miss. Yeah. Hmm. What about the uh, theory of like the malignant narcissist shedding people? Because he's been shedding people. He's been turning on people, basically ejecting them from uh i guess you'd call it the inner circle at this point the latest may be rudy giuliani with the news that he's directed people not to pay rudy giuliani do you think there may come a time when he basically tells rudy giuliani fuck off i i'll answer that in a second but i i just remembered this is an example of what i would miss about him when i hear that he said to mike pence okay you can go down in history as a patriot or you can go down in history as a pussy 
the shit I will miss. And you know um, he said it. You know that's not like oh, a misquote. Yeah, you know he yeah. said it. Yeah, that's what I'll miss. But you know uh, Giuliani, he said it. No, I don't. I don't think so. I don't. I don't think Giuliani. I don't think he would turn on turn on him. I don't think he. He probably couldn't flip on him without incriminating himself because he was like the sketchiest. Or I don't know. There's a lot of competition, but he's got his own controversies. Like and. Um, uh, you think, yeah, I, I, I think you think it's I just the case of Giuliani knows too much, and and so he's got to keep him close. No, um, no, I just don't think. I think that Giuliani is too much of a like a rock star, you know, like a twisted sort of rock star. But like, he's not going to be like some whiny Michael Cohen, like going on the View saying "like me, like me." You know, I, that's not how I see Rudy Giuliani's story ending. I, he's, I see more as a junior soprano type. It's interesting because I, I I could foresee uh, him if he gets ejected from the inner circle if Trump turns on him in the end, I could see him being so like a woman scorned that he he starts dishing he starts dishing on stuff and he may start dishing to save his own skin. It could be a case of like I'll tell you everything. You just got to get me a deal. Give me a deal. Uh, I, I believe that Giuliani knows and has known how to keep himself insulated from being doing ejected? indictable offenses. I, I hmm. believe that. He said it himself, actually. You know that, right? Yes. I do, like, so. I do remember that. Yeah. He yeah. may not know how to dye his sideburns because you're not supposed to use mascara to do it. For all of you who thought that was hair dye, that's not, that wasn't hair dye. That was the last minute cover up of using mascara. To uh, try to get the, the the salt and pepper out of your sideburns. That's so, tragic uh, comic. Fake news uh, that it was hair dye. Fake news. I'll tell you another thing, though. Here's what I do believe about Giul- uh, Giuliani is in, in the Borat movie, where he claims that he was, you know, laying on the bed because he was taking the microphone out of his pants. Right. I believe that. Yeah. Because it was weird. Like, it didn't look sexy. It didn't look, you know, there was a little bit of what the fuck, but it didn't look like... He was caught. It looked like that would be the most likely thing that he was doing if they, he was doing anything. Listen, I was in. Uh, I was on the high school AV squad, probably junior high too. And audio, I've been doing audio all my life. And I, yeah, he was trying to get the uh, the the wireless mic out of his pants, and uh, they just r- took that and ran with it. They had fun with it. They were having fun with it. I don't think anyone seriously thought, by the way, that he was touching himself. I don't. I think. I thought, it was, I thought he was taking his dick out. No, I I think everyone was having a laugh at his expense because he is like a comic comic tragic figure. You know, he's he's oh increasingly yeah. He, and, and when you saw him on January sixth, sort of hobble up to the to the to the stage to do his whole trial by combat thing. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> he's oh, getting man. he's getting ground down, man. That guy. He's he don't look good. I'm sorry. Beyond just the mascara and the cybers, he doesn't look good. Well, you know, like, what is with this? I mean, the uh, this decrepitude of the every single person. Like, you, you know, like, you have the, I, the, the whole Trump thing. And then you see, like, when Biden comes on to speak, it's like, oh, here's the guy. Here's the guy that's the new leader. And he's just trying to get through it. You know, and it's and then, you know, Giuliani, like, he's trying to get through it. And Nancy Pelosi, every time you see her talk, trying to get through it. And what is with this? 
It is the lumbering of dinosaurs. I mean, it, you know, we are looking at this. The, there's going to be a changing of the guard. There has to be. There's going to be some young blood that's going to come up. It, there has to be. Uh, and we just got to hang on. I mean, I, this is this is the time when you hang on. You try to get through it because it's not easy to get through. It, 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 there's just too much turmoil. And January 6th was almost like the popping of the pustule. You know, there's no other way to yeah. put it. It really was just this explosion of violence. And we're all hoping that now we're on the downside of this thing. I mean, I know there's a lot of people scared that something worse is going to happen. That somehow, you know, shoulder-mounted mortars... Whatever the hell these people own, these militias own, personally, I don't see them prevailing no matter what they own. I don't care what weapons they own. I don't see them prevailing unless uh, unless they figure out how to sit in a room and hack into the grid. You know, maybe by pulling the grid down and emptying all of our bank accounts, they might prevail. But I think they'll just cause more chaos. I, I think we're living in the age of chaos from here on oh, out. Safe to say, but there is a thing. Well, there's two things that make me think that Inauguration Day isn't going to end up being a big deal. Three, maybe three things. Um, it's going like, to be one, virtual. They're not even going to do it. They're not even doing it. They, they, they've closed down the National Mall. I mean, there's not going to be anybody there. What's the even the point of doing it out of doors except for COVID protocols? Exactly. Yeah, that's that's a, a big one. Yeah. But it, it's, it's also like, you know, Trump finally, like, technically didn't ever concede, but he did say, I'm moving out a week from Wednesday and the new guy's moving in. You know, like, yeah. he did say, like, I am leaving. This is over. Like, he, so I he finally has popped the balloon on the hope of overturning the result. I think that's a huge factor because I think it's like with the... Um, it's like with the Islamic fundamentalists is like you have that, like whatever faction that's going to do terror. And then there's this other layer around it that wouldn't do the terror. But it's like, you know, but the terror uh, could be justified. They might have a point. So I, I think with Trump, like a lot of these his supporters that, you know, if they want to believe it's stolen, I think a lot of them probably aren't that deranged. It's very easy to find reasons to believe whatever you want. And it's like I said, and it was still like I used the example of Nancy Pelosi because I'm a because I'm a stinker. But, it, you know, there's shitloads of Republicans where, you know, Republican leadership was going along with this. So it's, you know, you, you trust them or they, you know, these are the authorities. They, they can find authorities to validate their view. They, they can't anymore, though. Well, let's say, let me ask you this question in terms of your favorite moments from the coup the uprising the insurrection whatever you want to label it it doesn't matter to me uh and from the impeachment were there any moments that stood out in particular where you were like oh that's the stuff give me more of that um yeah well you know i already said q shaman you know we don't deserve that guy man we don't deserve that guy is just a that's a force of joy so you know, Q Shaman's my favorite, and that's unoriginal. It's like saying the Fonz is your favorite character on Happy Days, but um, again, that's the you know. Jake Agnelli guy. Yeah, guy? yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Who lives with his mom? Yeah, yeah. and Geely. It might. It might and Geely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's but, big in that movement, isn't he? Like he's uh, he's way up in that uh, QAnon food chain. Well, see, this is now the QAnon. Like, like this is the, the kind of equivalency I was trying to make before, which is. QAnon to me, when you say high up in the food chain, that's the part that's like Antifa, where 
you have the Republicans go like Antifa is this organization, and then you have like the liberals going, Antifa just means they don't like fascists and they have demonstrations, but it's not an organized terrorism. And then there was like, no, there is a certain amount of the organized, like, well, it's very murky, but uh, prominent. I wouldn't say like he was high up, but it turns out he was prominent when he would show up at Q events. And um, well, that's because he's tall and he doesn't wear a shirt and he wears right. fucking furs and horns. I mean, failed actor. Yeah, you, you heard that part of it. Yes, right? I did. That was pretty good. Well, there you go. So he's like, I'll go to the Q <laughs> meetings. I will always be the best looking person there. Yeah. And uh, most charismatic and people will pay attention to me. Dude, I, now, I guarantee you he's getting laid off of all that exposure. I guarantee you there's chicks. Oh, who, there are chicks God. who are like, he's hot. I hate to Dude, say it. A shaman it. guy like that was already, like in Arizona, a shaman in Arizona that looked like that. I'm surprised he wasn't already just too much drowned in pussy to make it out to D.C. Yeah. Patriot or pussy, Mike Pence. Hang Mike Pence. Yes. And the QAnon shaman is a fucking patriot. But, uh, <laughs> did you hear him? Did you hear him speak? <laughs> no, I, I'm not sure I want to. Do I have to? Really? No, you don't, you don't what have did he to. Say? It's hilarious to me because it's like I was talking about that photo of the guy with the lectern. When you hear this guy, this QAnon shaman, for one thing, People start calling him a shaman just because he look like, but then he's like, no, I'm, he says he's a shaman, like, and he means he's literally a shaman. Like and, Jim Morrison was a shaman or like an actual shaman? Well, you know, I, what, you're saying Morrison was an actual shaman? But no, he means, no, it does mean an actual shaman. Again, I said Arizona. So, yeah, no, he's one of these goofy white people that thinks he could be a shaman. And, well, far be it for me to say he can't. But um, another thing, did you hear that, like, he was complaining he couldn't get organic food in, in prison, in jail? Yeah, that was good. Beautiful. Oh, oh, that was good. So that was beautiful. good. Yeah, he he's got a. His mother was concerned because he's got a. It's like, like a, it's a very clean diet. He's, he's so got a very clean diet. Yes, because he was going like uh, when he's talking because he's going like, well, I'm a shaman and I deal with you know it was something like, like positive magic, you know, and I have to you know so I have to dispel the negative energy magic. And the funny thing is, as ludicrous as that is, this dude's vibe was radiantly positive, like the fucking. Um, you know, the underwear cowboy. Oh, yeah, the naked cowboy. Yeah. He's got a yeah. naked cowboy energy about him, man. That yeah, guy's like, I, I, I do awesome. think that uh, come Halloween, you're going to see a lot of that. You're going to see a mm. lot of that, that costume. I, I hate to say it. I, 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 I know it's. Not, what was that? Maybe, maybe not, because that might be like dressing up like in a. Like, you know, you can't even wear the fucking red hat. You know what I mean? And, and there was a lot of, like, what I saw on social media was like a lot of leftists that have, you know, my kind of ironic attachment mm-hmm. started pictures of them like, this guy rules. And then there became this backlash, like, no, that is a horrible person that threatened, the, 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 you know, and you can't, it can't be funny for some people. Like some people, it can't, it's too real, it's too serious. And it's, I can't be serious when I'm looking at that guy. I'm sorry. I want to just address the address the people who uh, have no sense of balance whatsoever uh, on the other side of the aisle, who want to do things like remove Shakespeare from the curriculum because he was a sexist and a misogynist and uh, whatever else they accuse him of. Are you serious? I mean, really? Can we just agree that you can't fix backwards? And there's value still in these things, even if they make people feel bad. It's not all about feelings, your feelings, anybody else's feelings. It's that we we have to stop this nonsense of canceling old white dudes mostly because they wrote a bunch of shit that you don't agree with. 
Yeah, it's. I'm sorry. It's it's making you a laughing stock. It's such an easy target, and it's so ludicrous and, and unnecessary. It, the idea that you're protecting children, it's ridiculous. And I'm I, I I fully acknowledge I'm a 58 year old cisgendered straight white male saying this shit, and that's uh, probably problematic. I probably don't even have a right to object, but I do think that it plays right in. To you know, all these people who say like this is nonsense, it because it is. It's it's yeah, nonsense. Of course, it, of course, it does. It certainly does. I but mean, am I big, allowed to that's... say that, Keith Hortel, or am I not even allowed to say that? Should I not You're even sure. say that? You're so. Oh, you think that the people, if people start, you might get like one of those angry letter writing campaigns coming at the hound. He can't withstand that kind of pressure. I don't know, man. I hope not. <laughs> Please crack. don't write any write any letters. Who the fuck has a stamp or an envelope anymore? I had to mail a letter the other day. I'm, like, I'm looking through the whole house for like a number 10 business envelope. I, I, I swear to God, I didn't have one. I, I barely have stamps. You know what we have? We have the John Oliver stamps. That's what we have. And I, I'm like, I don't even want to use these. These are like a collectible. And now I'm using John Oliver stamps to send letters to people. I, and when people ask me to send a letter, like put something in the mail, I want to say to them, are you kidding? It's just like I want to say to the people who want to cancel Shakespeare. Really? Really? Yeah. You want me to mail you something? Of Shakespeare. I heard about like you know I heard them talking some shit about Beethoven recently. That pissed me off. But that's because it was his hundred or two hundredth birthday, I guess. Well, he was differently able though. He was hard of hearing. They better leave him alone. They start attacking Beethoven. I'm going to be like, how dare you attack somebody who was uh, differently abled and couldn't hear? How dare you? Yeah, it's wrong. Well, it's it's kind of the basis where. what, what I think is screwball about it is obviously, you know, with these great, like the dead white men writers and the dead white men composers and their dominance in, you know, say pre 20th century, like history, historic, you know, culture. Um, well, gee, they were the only people with access to education. And so therefore, unfortunately, that's who came out with all the fucking high level shit. Sorry. Not my, you know, uh, it should have been should have been that way, but that's the way it was. But there's nothing to replace it. Like there's no replacement for Shakespeare and Beethoven. Like there's no overlooked other fucking best playwright or best composer in history. There's just not. Yeah, um, I they just, don't even have other white ones, let alone anyone else. I just think that you everything is context. You want to contextualize Shakespeare? Go at it. But the easy lazy thing to do is to remove Shakespeare. Just remove him. Well, it's very 1984. Yeah, Orwell's taken a beating lately, you know. He didn't wholly, didn't uh, wholly use Orwellian in the completely wrong way. Oh, no. Well, yeah, he did. But see, the thing is, I just saw this article that was like, it's time to stop using 1984. And the reason is, in my opinion, um, the right wing really has more of a claim to seeing 1984-ishness going on than the left does because they're really seeing, we're seeing in real time, attempts to change or erase history and change what words mean and then also claim that words mean the opposite of what they mean. Like, all those things are happening on left-wing academia. Yes, and I would add uh, Republicans as well because they are denying reality as it happens. They're telling you you're not seeing what you're seeing. They are essentially uh, floating the big lie and constantly repeating it. They are the party of uh, two plus two equals five. So, yeah, 
I, I think we could spread that yeah, around. That, that's ironic that you use that example. You know that there was, have you heard of this guy, controversial guy. But You're not going to mention James Smedley James. Butler again, are you? No, uh, James right. Lindsay. Okay, different guy. Okay. This guy, he didn't experiment because he was... Um, wasn't he you know, mayor uh, of New York? And didn't he forget to plow the snow? Oh, that was John no, was, Yeah, it wasn't him. But okay. no, this is a guy that him and two other people, they were trying to make a point about academia and how fucked up it is, like what can get published. And yes. one of the things that they did was they took um, extensive sections of Mein Kampf and just replaced the word Jews with men. And hmm. then they presented it to get published, you know, accredited, you know, peer-reviewed. Yes. And, and they got a nice, they got a nice attaboy. Nice work. Whoopsie daisy. Uh, there's nothing like a trickster. I love a good yeah. trickster. Yeah, but that, that's and hilarious. And they also did, they published another one that was like, um, something like heteronormative behavior among dog owners in a Seattle dog park. And that, that really got praised and published. And that was a completely made up joke. Well, this guy was like a total like liberal, you know, Democrat guy. And he was going around saying, you know, he's got a panic thing about the 1984 coming from what some would call the illiberal left, what yes. Matthew McConaughey calls the illiberal left. Right. And um, but that's an example of a really smart guy that talks hyper rationally and just like, well, I got to vote for Trump because this other side can't be encouraged because they're insane and they want to they want to control everything. And this weird mind thing, he was freaked out. He's a freaked out guy. But. Yeah. That's an example of a guy that would vote for Trump that normally wouldn't, except that the other side he thought was crazy. Here's or what really I, scary. Here's what I hear you saying. I, I, I want to try to come to something before we're done with this program. we got about four minutes left in Aerial View here on TheHoundNYC.com. Keith Hartel is my guest, frequent returning guest. He's like the Ken Jennings of this program for you Jeopardy fans. Uh, I, I, what I hear you saying is that those of us who tend to agree on a lot of stuff can't stand these assholes at the fringes of the political spectrum because they're a pain in the dick. I'm going to, um, I'm going to, I'm yeah. going to, I'm going to, that's, I, and it's funny because I've often heard it said when you get to the ends of the spectrum, it's sort of like a flat circle. And, and it's yeah. almost like the, the, those ends have a lot in common, whether you're talking you know, about the, the left end or the right end where there's just, uh, I hate the phrase wing nuts. I don't want to use the phrase wing nuts. But you yeah, know well, what I mean. Culturally, you know, maybe. But my thing is, like, if they actually villainize the extremes, because, like, as far as, like, what I believe, you know, in terms of uh, foreign policy or economic policy, um, I, you know, I'd be far left. I would be a wingnut in my mind. But Sanders voters or supporters, the, one of the ways that they cock-blocked him was just by saying, oh, well, his people are a bunch of white male Trumper types fake you know secret trumper types like basically like in other words the most socialist democrat they had the way they smeared him was by saying that he appealed to the most non-woke most uh, retrograde men in you know in the, in the party so so yeah that what you're talking about is uh they call that horseshoe theory that the both extremes are ah uh, there's a name for it horseshoe yeah. theory yeah. all right not yeah. horseshit and, theory but there you go so right. sometimes, like if you're talking about if you're talking about banning porn, you know, there's examples of that. But there's examples of where that's good. Like if you're talking about like wanting to, why are we doing all this intervention? Uh, why are we killing all these people for no reason? You know, it's like yeah, the extreme left and the extreme right agree about something that should be really common sense if there wasn't a total major propaganda push to not have people get that. 
All right. We got a few minutes left in the show. I want you to just address another, someone else we lost, uh, Sil Sylvain, who uh, passed away. Was it yesterday, I believe, a member of the original member of the New York Dolls? Anything you want to say in the two minutes we have left about Sil Sylvain? Um, yeah, well, with Sil Sylvain, um, that leaves um, no living Ramones, one living New York Doll. Um, and then from since 1968, um, 100% of the Rolling Stones still alive. So what explains that? I'll tell you what explains that is economic class. Yeah, that's true. You're right. You're right about most things, Keith Hartel. And you're right about that. So you're saying the impact of wealth on your health. Like if you're wealthy, generally speaking, you're going to be in better health. Yeah, like Sheldon Adelson. How come we didn't say a goodnight funny man to that guy? You know, uh, feel free to go ahead and say goodnight funny man to Sheldon Adelson. But what the hell? You Casino know, magnate. Anytime I could use the word magnate, I'm happy. I didn't agree with everything about that guy politically, but he was fucking handsome. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, he, I got some audio of uh, Sheldon Allison looking in a mirror. Hang on a second. Ah, there you go. All right. I got to say goodbye. Thank you, Keith Hartel. Always a pleasure. Indeed. And, uh, Thank you very much, Chris. Like as Mayor Tom Vizzetti of Hoboken used to say, always a pleasure. That'll do it for Aerial View. This show will replay Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and it will become a podcast in mere moments. Available at Amazon Music Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. It's not called Google Play anymore. Google Podcasts and a whole bunch of other places. Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, all that crap. And again, Hound Howl's new ones on Sundays at 3 p.m. Eastern. Crashing the Party at 5 p.m. Eastern. Don't forget Hound shirts now on sale at thehoundnyc.com uh, slash shop. 